Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9320 Review Podcast. Looking back at an emphatic 5-1 win over Atalanta to take City to the brink of the knockout stages in the Champions League with three games still to go. I'm delighted to be joined this morning by the guy that needs only one name in an introduction, <laughs> Steve. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, how are you? <laughs> yeah, uh, as we've been moaning to you off air, it's definitely not man flu, but uh, sniffling a bit. Yeah. The leaf blower is back. He's actually a leaf sucker, so apologies to listeners if a droning noise appears during this podcast because it's cursed and there's someone playing a piano somewhere. <laughs> but apart from that, it's sunny again, so I'm okay. Yourself? Yeah, it's sunny here. I've got the cat beside me asleep. Uh, we are the the kind of picture of calm, quiet solitude, so uh, in direct comparison to yourself. Oh, well, I'm allergic to cats, so maybe I'm getting the allergy through the... Uh, through the airwaves, the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's two cats, like, scowling each other outside the other day, and I went to stroke them for about ten minutes, and an hour later, <laughs> sat at home, stream, my eyes streaming, going, why, the, why do I do that every time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that did cross my mind when you just said that. But <laughs> <laughs> well, they were beautiful cats. Yeah, so. yeah. Right, before we look at the match itself, uh, opening question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodri off injured last night. I think Pep said hamstring, could be 10 days, could be three weeks, uh, probably take us to whenever the next international break is. Uh, another injury, though. So my question is, is the lack of injury suffered by City, is it normal? Bad luck? One of those things? Chance? Love averages, or is it going beyond bad luck now? And are you worried that, you know, somehow how we train and other issues like that could be could be leading to these injuries? Well, I've seen it as become a subjective discussion on Twitter amongst Blues, and um, it, it is fair to say that we do get more soft mus- muscle injuries than any anyone else. It seems um, it is kind of persistent. Um, it's just one after another um, but then when you do kind of break them down um, you know kind of allowances can be made um, like you know KDB for example a lot of times with himself um, you know it's kind of coming back from such a serious injury as he had or the two serious injuries um, it's almost inevitable same goes for Mendy um, you know there will be kind of sprains and pulls along the way back to full recovery um, look at John Stone's um, you know, I I hate to kind of claim that a player seems to be kind of injury prone, um, but he certainly does seem to fall, fall into that category. Um, yeah. So you can kind of you know when you break it down, uh, you know, obviously Laporte one was was just a, a, a one off. It's, it's nothing nothing can be done about that, um, and it's certainly not attributable to any kind of training processes. Uh, so yeah, it starts to make sense when you when you look at them individually, um, but as a whole, we do seem to be cursed. Um, and then you compare us to Liverpool, for example, um, and particularly with you know the, the nature of Liverpool's style of play, you would really think that they would be more kind of prone to um, enduring such injuries than ourselves. But the opposite applies. So there's no easy answer to it really, and, and certainly if it is. A direct result of the training process. Neither me or you, or you know, ninety nine point nine percent of Blues are in in a position to 
kind of attribute it to that because you know we are not fully attuned to what goes on um, yeah. and what Pep does different to other managers. Um, you know, we can watch the videos, and that's pretty much where our knowledge kind of begins and ends. So uh, let's let's just hope not. Let's just hope it is a run of bad form that you know. Sorry to resort to cliche here. Evens out over the course of a season. It always evens out, Steve. It never evens out. It never. I, I don't <laughs> even believe that. To be honest, I don't believe that because, well, for two reasons. One, we, this has been ongoing now for quite some time, and we saw the same last season too. Um, we do suffer a lot of injuries, um, so it does make sense that something is at heart of that uh, beyond misfortune. Um, but as regards to the you know evening out over the course of a season, life just isn't like that, is it? You know, it could easily be where against Villa, another one or two players go down. Um, so if only, if only it was like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But oh, is our judgment clouded by just comparing to Liverpool though, who don't get? I mean, in fact, the goalkeeper out there, yeah, they do have injuries, but not the the key ones that we think could change the title race. Uh, are we clouded by just comparing to them? Because if we compare to other teams, we've probably got fewer injuries. I mean, United have got so many players out all mm. the time. When we played Norwich, they had nine players out. Yeah. Uh, you know, every team has probably got four or five players out at any point. Uh, is it, you know, I, I think it's the muscle injuries. I don't know. We'd have to, we'd have to look, yeah, someone or someone would have to look at the stats and really see if it's above average. Well, I don't think we are. When you see when you see training videos on, you know, on City TV or whatever, they don't they don't seem to be overexerted. It's not as if Pep pushes them and makes them run around the pitch forty times a day. You know, it's like double training sessions. It doesn't seem as though he's, you know, the the schedule is that bad. I think where City, yeah, where City are getting more than normal is the serious injuries. Yeah, because every season we're. Losing a player for virtually the season, two key players sometimes as well. Two, sometimes two. Yeah, uh, the muscle injuries I think are just part of yeah you know, modern football. I think every club will have a few players out most of the time. Well, I'm a, I would say I absolutely agree with all of that, and, and I would say that when we do suffer serious injuries, it is always to our key men. Um, it's always to Aguero or De Bruyne or, or in this instance Laporte, um, and that is just sod's law. There's nothing you can do about that. Um, but when, when you say about comparing ourselves to Liverpool, I think that's a very pertinent point um, because I don't think we are above average uh, across the Premier League as regards to how many injuries we, we we endure. But it's only Liverpool what we should be comparing ourselves to. You know, the rest, you know, with all the best will in the world, um, you know, just don't apply to us. You know, it, it's it's yeah. when, you know, this season it's going to be between City and Liverpool to win the league. And they are getting significantly fewer injuries than we are. And that is going to be a big factor going forward. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah, hopefully this one's not too bad. Uh, we'll discuss the implications when we look at the match. But, yeah, I say I don't... Pep's so intense, looks at everything. You know, as I say, I think the player's sleep is monitored, even though warm-ups are tailored to individual players mm. so Kyle Walk has a different pre-match warm-up to other players so it seems unlikely that they'd let this thing slip uh, you know that uh, uh, I know we have lost physios and sports guys to Liverpool and they've had very few injuries since but I'm sure the replacements are top-notch as well so maybe it's just one of those things so right 
let's look at the match itself. Uh, well, it, it wasn't, I'll sort of say, an hour ahead of kickoff. It was about an hour and a quarter, so about quarter to seven last night, the team came out. And it caused, as always, the pep lineup caused a few uh, raised eyebrows. Thinking back to when you saw that lineup, what were your first thoughts? Were you worried? Excited? Both? Um, I was both, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, because it was, you know, a Champions League lineup, the third game in as well, a game where essentially if you win, you're progressing and the likelihood of you finishing top of that group is significantly enhanced, then, you know, Pep was going to play his strongest 11. And so that was what he perceived to be his strongest 11 against that particular opponent. Um, the latter part of that sentence I found intriguing because uh, I haven't watched a great deal of Atalanta. I saw quite a bit of him last year, but I'm, I haven't seen a minute of him this year. So it's like, so what is the reason for starting Phil Foden in this particular game? What is he kind of bringing kind of to the party you know obviously we know what he brings to the party over David um more kind of energy more kind of um panache more kind of well not maybe not more panache but more kind of um drive um and you know partner with De Bruyne in midfield you're thinking okay so he's you know perhaps thinking we can kind of get through here um more so than with David Silva in the starting lineup so that's intriguing to see how that plays out as for the back two well, I, I, was, I couldn't make sense of that, frankly. Um, yeah. I, 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 it's well, just a massive surprise to me. Um, and like I say, going back to what I originally said at the start as well, this was going to be Pep's strongest eleven, unquestionably. And so that was what he now... Do we have a strongest eleven? Well, that's the thing, but yeah, it, it, that's what Pep regarded as being... Like, it, if you look at Phil Foden, for example, I perceived that to be that he's been picked for this particular game against these particular yeah. opponents. But you look at the back two, and it's irrespective of, of, of you know the Atalanta forward line or whether we're playing as a Greb or anyone else, that's who he was going to play last night, Rodri and Fernandinho. Well, so why? Yeah. Well, this is what Lloyd text as the, t- the team came out. Makes sense to continue with the structure of the team from Saturday. So is there an argument that maintaining that team mm. uh, that's why he did it no, I mean I think that is the reason whether it's right or wrong well only yeah, if the, the, other, the other question I'm going to ask you is is this a damning on Stones and Otamendi two central defenders on the bench for a Champions League game whilst two midfielders take their place in defence or is there a strong argument that it's just he's keeping the balance from a very dominant performance from the weekend I think that he Pep really wants to play Fernandinho as centre-back until Laporte comes back. And I think he believes that Rodri is a better partner for Fernandinho than Stones or Otamendi. Now, that in itself is damning for, for, for the latter two. Um, but, yeah, I, I can see what Lloyd's saying there, but what that suggests is that he is planning on going with Rodri and Fernandinho as a back two going forward you know for, for for games in the future and that in itself is a huge surprise so I don't know it's a case of wait and see really um, it'll be absolutely fascinating to see who we start against Villa on Saturday um, I mean with, with John Stones it is a bit different 
you know, if we take their word, club's word for it, he wasn't 100% fit um, at the weekend, yeah. and so he wasn't able to play the full 90 minutes. Um, and some managers like to start a player, some managers like to bring them off a bench in that instance. For a centre-back, you, you would sway towards the latter. Uh, Otamendi, supposedly not fit. Um, well, I don't know any details on that, and, and it suggests that he was dropped more than anything. Well, someone, I should just say someone, you know, I forgot to reply, so apologies for whoever it was, uh, said after they listened to the uh, the pod that because Otamendi trained on uh, Friday, yeah. can we really say he was, that's why he didn't play on Saturday, or was he just simply dropped? I could you, well be. If you're fit enough to train, then, you know, after taking a small knock during the international break, then, yeah. Is that just an excuse in a way? Yeah, I think it's a face-saving exercise it, and just kind of, you know, backing back the player. And it's a, it's a, you know, obviously it's a age-old tactic, that. So um, I think it was... It, I would lean towards that, certainly. Um, yeah. But then, well, as we'll get on to very shortly, there was disarray at the back, wasn't there? So... <laughs> yeah, it was Ben McKee, sorry, if, if oh, yeah. text that yeah. and suggest it with Walker as well. I, I know Walker had been ill the previous week but obviously yeah we don't know what uh, situation was with it so he's uh, he's back now so yeah basically in a nutshell I was very surprised at this lineup and I was kind of intrigued and a bit excited by it because it's it's you know it's kind of different it's a bit experimental and when you kind of ally that with Pep Guardiola then potentially great things can happen yeah (laughs) well indeed yeah it was it was going to go very well or very badly. Yeah. But in the end, it was a bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> very well, essentially. So, yeah, that opening, the opening section's worrying. Mm. And was, was the problem down the middle with those two, or was it really just down the flanks where, you know, huge swathes of space a lot of the time for them to get at us from wide positions? Well, it was really odd because those opening 20 minutes, Rodri essentially played as a holding midfielder um, yeah. alongside Gundo. So, you're basically playing with a back three, but with kind of, you know, vast waves of space between them. Um, because obviously your Walker and Mendy still had to fulfil their full-back duties. So th- that was really odd, and it really wasn't working, and it was creating lots of space for Atalanta. And, you know, Guzon's um, in particular was, was kind of really capitalising on that. Um, not helped by the fact that Kyle Walker in those opening 20 minutes was absolutely woeful. Um, you know, he picked up as the game went on. Um, what that was In down what to, way? Positioning or possession? Both, actually. His positioning was astray on, on two or three occasions in those opening 20 minutes. And um, in possession, he basically just, you know... Um, well, he kept on kind of blaming Mares as well. He kept on kind of turning around straight away, um, yeah. you know, playing it back to Edison and then kind of giving Mares a mouthful. Um, but... No, he was he was poor Walker. Um, his passing, every every aspect of him, but he did pick up as the game went on. He did improve, so credit to him for that. Uh, but that didn't help matters um, because if you are going to play two central midfielders at the back, then you want your fullbacks to be you know proficient and, and kind of you know on the ball. Uh, and that wasn't the case. So those over the twenty minutes was a concern. I mean, they were opening us up far too easy. Um, yeah. And it just reminded me that awful kind of you know the first opening half of the 2016-17 season. Yeah, well, Ayson asked me on 
after the weekend review uh, at Palace, would well, you? Yeah, that the question he asked was, would you play Fernandinho and Cancella, uh, Cancella uh, Rodri in bigger games? Would you trust them? And I, my kind of thought was, no, not really. No. Uh, and yet, is this a bigger game? I don't. Yeah, I mean, when I, when he said bigger game, I was thinking Liverpool, the knockout stage of the Champions League. City went into this with six points, bit of leeway, you know, maybe that this doesn't quite go into the criteria. But it's still risky because if we'd lost the game and then we have to play Atalanta again, it puts pressure on us. Mm. We go from being in a very, very strong position to being, you know, a bit in a bit of uh, trouble yeah. and having to dig ourselves out. So it wasn't a it's hardly a free hit against Atalanta. So yeah, it was, is your conclusion that really this is not a long term project that yeah, or did the the problems was being open on the counter-attack nothing to do with who was in centre defence? No, I think it definitely was down to kind of who was in centre um, defence. Um, yeah, there was no reflection on either player, but, you know, they are adapting to a, to a new position here. Um, you know, less so with, with Fernandinho's played there a few times before now, but still, this is not natural for them. You know, they have to... I, I spoke before on the pod about this. Uh, a, a key aspect of football is that first kind of half a second before you do anything, before you undertake yeah. any action. Um, you know, if you do something instinctively and you don't require that half a second of thought, then, you know, that makes all the difference. And both of them right now are thinking their way through their games. Um, and each thought requires a good half a second. So that's going to have an impact on their positioning, on kind of, um, you know, gives... Uh, forwards that kind of um, extra kind of margin to kind of capitalise and and they were they were finding spaces and they were cutting through us um, I dread the thought of Rodri and Fernandinho Walker and Mendy as a back four against you know Barca or Real or kind of Juventus or, or Liverpool as you say um, or even you know kind of someone like Ch- uh, Arsenal or you know kind of um, or Chelsea even Um we would get cut open so easy. I mean, frankly, Atalanta's front three last night, well, sorry, Gomez and, and uh, Illichist, they were wasteful at times. You know, against mm. better opposition, we could have been really punished last night. Yeah. I think offensively, they are better opposition, but as you say, on the night. On the night, yeah. They weren't, yeah. They weren't <laughs> if that makes sense, yeah. Uh, they were perfectly capable of wasting our own chances as well. Yeah, it's the little things, I think. A central defender, it's in the penalty area. Mm. It's, you know, the couple of times, they're very skillful, the the Atlanta attacking players. Little turns, you know, there's one in the second half where he turned and forced a save from Edison, one of the players. And it's it's just being turned too easily like that. Obviously, our central defenders can be turned like that as well. But it's the having the nous of how to deal with players and shepherd them closer to goal. That a, a, you know, someone who's played DM most of life probably doesn't know about, yeah. and that and that leads on. Yeah, I always think back to Fernandinho conceding a penalty at Newcastle last year. Uh, well, this year, in fact, last season, when we thought the the league title had gone in January. Is is that part of the worry that you know someone like have we overegged how good Fernandinho could be in central defence because he is someone obviously dark arts, tactical fouls, other. Other clubs love to talk about it, but 
you can't do stuff like that. Exactly. Your central defence, because you, once you're in that penalty area, you have to behave very differently to how you can 15 to 20 yards in front of the D. Well, that's exactly that, yeah. it's you know, Or indeed, outside of the penalty area, just when you're kind of you know, the last man, it's you know you can't be doing those kind of um, sticking your foot out instinctively. It, it, it just can't happen. It was... It did very much remind me of, of one against Newcastle, as you say. Um, his positioning as well was all wrong. He was too square on. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that's what directly caused him to have to stick his foot out or he was going to be too easily turned. Um, you know, these are basics, but they're basics for that position. And he is not a centre-back. Um, and it's going to take him time to learn and to, you know, to, to kind of relearn. It's, it's teaching an old dog new tricks. Uh, and there's going to be mistakes made along the way. Having said that, when you're talking about basics and you're talking about, you know, uh, well, shepherding kind of forwards away from danger and all the rest of it, then you look at Otamendi, who's been playing in that role all his life. Um, he did it again last night, dived in. <laughs> dived in instead of staying on his feet. I mean, do, do his brain cells need kind of CB radios to talk to each other? Because... What on earth is wrong with that lad? All he has to do is stay on his feet. I mean, if he plays poorly, Otamendi, I'll forgive him. If he makes mistakes, I'll forgive him. That's that's okay. Footballers, you know, that happens. Just stay on your feet. Please, just stay on your feet. I mean, if I was Pep Guardiola, I would basically sit him in a room and just say that to him about a million times and hope that one of those million times it reaches one of those kind of isolated brain cells in his head. Just stay on your feet. That's all, that's all you have to do. The rest of it, you have the ability to kind of, you know, excel and get through games and do well. Just do that. Because if you don't do that, then you're, you're absolutely garbage and you are basically a, a, a kind of a danger within. You're the enemy within. You're the one who's going to basically see lead to our downfall and our title combusting. But that won't happen if you just stay on your feet. Um, and to see that again last night, I just could not believe that. So, yeah, when, when, when you see Fernandinho stick his leg out and kind of, you know, concede a penalty, all things considered, given who he is and the, the role he's playing now, that's forgivable. To see Otamendi in the second half, oh, man, no. Yeah, well, before we look at the rest of the match, which was damn entertaining and rather good and enjoyable final thing on this defence then uh, now Roger getting injured is never a good thing but is it a blessing in disguise in that now we get a central defender in I assume John Stones is over Otamendi because he's the one who came on mm. during the match is it better that you know we now get for the next two home games well three home games but the Carabao Cup lineup could be anything uh, we get a a central defender, a fifty million pound one back in defence. Yeah, it's, knowing knowing that Gundogan is doing his, a good job in front of them. Well, that's another thing as well. He is doing a very good job in front of him, Gundogan. But there was a lot of times last night, a lot of the opportunities that we've we've talked about, and where Atalanta did carve us open, where you can you know originally source the fact that it was Gundogan in there, not Fernandinho. Because that's you know the other aspect of playing Fernandinho at the back is that you're not playing Fernandinho at the heart of our defence, and um, because there is no one better at shielding a back four than the Brazilian. It's just there is no one better in world football for me than than him. So it's what you're losing as well. Um, 
that's not to take anything away from Gundo played well last night and has, has impressed in recent weeks but yeah um, John Stones is a really tricky one I, I, it really is it's a hard one to call he's just looked kind of out of form out of sorts he's had you know an injury of course as well this season um, last last night you could you know he was basically finding his feet again um, I would like to see him start on Saturday I'd like to see him get the full 90 um, and if he put in a good performance that will do him the world of good and it'll do the City defence a world of good as well but of those two Stones and Otamendi who partners Fernandinho it has to be Stones and if the fitness dip, yeah, allows it I think a Carabao Cup start might be good for him as well yeah he needs, he saying, needs minutes finding his feet he just wants three regular games absolutely yeah, he, he needs minutes in his legs and, and he needs to get through the games and he needs to um, as with anyone coming back from any kind of injury as well he needs a, a real crunching challenge you know he needs to kind of have, have a 50-50 yeah. and emerge from it unscathed uh, and, and those kind of things are you know huge kind of hugely beneficial to any player um, making a way back ok well before the goal, the penalty for them, and after, I did feel City were t- not turning as well, very slowly turning the screw. Yeah, <laughs> were gaining us a, a creeping domination and you know beginning to fashion chances. I can't remember where the, there was a Sterling. I don't know if this was before or after the penalty because uh, yeah, one of those things where lots happens in a game. You sometimes the the timeline goes askew. Uh, Especially if you've been in the pub beforehand. Sterling squared one behind Aguero. Uh, Foden did brilliantly to lay one for Aguero, who's wellied it over the bar when he really should have scored or at least got it on target. Uh, and, then, and then, of course, we do score a very simple goal and another needless penalty from them this time to be 2 1 up. Did you feel at this point, were you highly confident at this point, you know, around that period that City were going to turn this around? Um, yes, I wasn't anticipating a 5-1 by any stretch, but um, yeah, I was hoping and thinking we were going to go on to win it now. Um, Atalanta kind of, they're a touch brittle, aren't they? Which is surprising considering the last two seasons they've had, or rather last season and, and you know, they're now third in Serie A. Um, but they are a touch brittle. Um, if they take leads, they're susceptible to losing those leads and when they do lose those leads, their heads do tend to go down somewhat. Um, and we absolutely saw that last night um, and then as the game went on I was just thinking this could be anything I mean I, I was always yeah. thoroughly confident that we'd emerge with three points but you know it wouldn't have been a surprise if, if last night was 5-4 um, the amount of chances for both teams particularly City but there was so many chances last night it was so open the game um, I should imagine it was really entertaining for a neutral to watch as well yeah were Atalanta never going to keep up that first 15 minutes the position it was watching the position there was no outlets they were they were pressing mm. they were aggressive they were quick and yeah they suddenly sprint out wide to take passes they were everything you know they were just damn impressive <laughs> they're like they're going wow these are a good side but was it a case they could not keep that up 90 minutes and were they were they naive to be playing like this? Because eventually, if you play like this, City are going to get out of you, aren't they? Yeah, um, but they've got a habit of going from four to three at the back midway through the game. Um, and so that's going to have an impact. And, and last night, it had a very negative impact for them. Uh, as regards to their kind of positioning and their pressing, 
I've seen that a few times um, in this past 12 months against City and it's never sustained and I don't know yeah. why because if it is if fatigue's an issue you would expect it to kick in around the 70 minute mark but it does seem to happen about midway through the first half <laughs> so I'm not sure if maybe kind of it, it comes down to City deserving credit uh, and pepping the team maybe um they find a way around the press and, you know, it's so kind of nuanced that we don't see it as kind of yeah. ordinary fans. Um, I suspect it might well be that. Um, but yeah, last night, for the first kind of 15 minutes, certainly, Atalanta had, had our number, really. Um, I saw, yeah, I think Pep does make subtle changes sometimes that I would never notice. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes City are just startled by this and it takes them... 15 minutes to come round when a team does this to them effectively yeah. it takes some time to yeah, work their way into the match so and that more than anyone that comes down to Edison as well um, his passing my god last night was just the array of them is just beautiful absolutely beautiful to see him from, from a keeper as well um, and so yeah I mean I know it's an obvious thing to say but how crucial is he towards you know in those situations yeah. Um, yeah, that really came to the fore last night. Um, like, like I say, it was he, he's always an outlet, obviously. So that that in itself is crucial. But um, the fact that he is equally capable of just dinking it over onto the chest of a fullback or knocking it fifty yards for, for Raheem to run to space, that is going to induce so much uncertainty into the opposition that you know, do they dare? commit to such a such a ferocious high press like that um, yeah. so yeah that's that's a crucial aspect too 17 accurate long passes last night in one game yeah that's ridiculous and there was one to the halfway line I thought no even he couldn't have meant that because <laughs> <laughs> he dinked it to a City player just over halfway line who was surrounded by three players I was like no he couldn't have seen that <laughs> I think that was just a clearance that went to the player but I thought well you don't know do you because mm. he might have meant that it was just outrageous yeah and he absolutely fuming with himself when he hit one out for a I noticed a that throw in later yeah. On, yeah yeah I noticed that that was um, that was funny and again you know that's a goalkeeper <laughs> that's not David <laughs> you know with David yeah. it's like it's become slightly more commonplace as the years have gone on but certainly for a good kind of six spell if he misplaced a pass that there would just be an audible shock from the from the crowd um and this is the same but for a goalkeeper yeah i mean there's one the passive from the back can still there was one right across the goal line that kept going back and forth <laughs> think don't do this is too much too much this just you know, just chip it to the halfway line and take your chances and and it ended up yeah, starting an attack down the left wing. Can't remember what happened after that. And it's like, yeah, I think it was crucial his distribution and calmness to eventually them abandoning a high press. Yeah, or perhaps with the heads going down, as you said. So that second half, it was eleven and a half minutes hat trick, I think, for <laughs> Raheem Sterling. Uh, your thoughts on him? Well, you know, we'll look at players that second half. Was it heads down for Atlanta? Was it just City getting into the groove? Gaps were everywhere. And as you say, number of goals could have been more if need be because I felt they, uh, they eased off after the fifth one as you would expect them to. 
I I think it can be sourced in the first half. I think very early on as well, from a couple of minutes in, you very much got the impression that Raheem was on it. He was enjoying yeah. himself. Um, he was buzzing, basically. Um, and that just continued throughout the whole game. So, you know, it, it was special to see him score a hat-trick in the Champions League in that you know, period of time. Um, but he was equally as effective in the first half as well. He was absolutely City's most dangerous player. Um yeah, it's just wonderful to see, isn't it? It's just absolutely wonderful to see just the kind of smile on his face, how much he's enjoying himself. Um, there's a pass in the second half, and OK, granted, by now he's scored his hat-trick and the, you know, he's obviously full of confidence, but there's a pass to Foden, um, which I've re-watched this morning, I've watched kind of the highlights this morning, and there's a, a pass to, to uh, Foden where... The style of the pass was so unnecessary. You know what I mean? It, it's like yeah. he could have basically just, you know, knocked it, side footed it to Phil. He didn't. He's kind of just caressed it to Phil. He's just full of himself right now, and rightly so. And it's coming through in his football. And it's he's unplayable, frankly. Um, yeah, I, it's, it is just when you think the journey he's made to get to this point. Um, you just really, really hope that it's capped off. And I'm saying this as a Wales, you know, Welshman, don't, let's not forget. You really hope it's capped off with either a Champions League for City or a major tournament win for England because he, yeah. he's, he's one of those special players and he, by right, should have the CV at the end of his career to kind of, um, you know, match that. Yeah, I mean, the stats for this season so far are just... Yeah, off the scale, is it, is it eight... Uh, how many assists has he had? I'll need to check into this, but yeah, I think it's only three for City. But if you add the England stats on as well, eight I mean, stats, it's, it's utterly ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, it's a, it's like every fifty-five minutes a goal or assist, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> which is yeah <laughs> for a team that yeah we've been wondering if they've been struggling this season. I tell, I tell you what, though, Howard, struggling by our level. Isn't you it? know when um, he was clean through and he could have scored yeah. fourth. He wasn't going to score that. He was never going to score that. He's for all of how he's kind of you know elevated and heightened his game. He's improved virtually every aspect. He will always be rubbish at one on ones. <laughs> and and for a yeah. player of his kind of not obviously his ability, but also his pace as well, and the fact that he can go either side of the keeper, um, you know, so you would think it's bread and butter for him one on ones. And and you should imagine, I should imagine that he just scores them for fun in training when messing around. But he just never scores one on ones. Uh, he did. He had a period, but I think with him, it's not perfect. He's still not perfect. He's got stuff to work on in front of goal. And I think having time to think about something is the worst. Thing yes. Yeah. Players like that. Yeah. Uh, he did. He has slotted some one on ones, but I do agree with you that that's that's the one aspect. First, it's not the first player I choose to be in that position. Let's put it that way. No. It, I, mean, it, I was behind. I was behind that, and it. I'm sure it was going in at the beginning, but it just kind of <laughs> moved to the right a bit. So, well, yeah, if, if we adapted, uh, if we adopted, you know what we did in America that time, you know, instead of having pens, you know, a player you have to kind of go from the centre circle and take on a keeper. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think we'd pick Raheem for that, and and he always seems to kind of go right as well. It's always to the right of the post, but um, you know, I'm quibbling over a very small aspect of his overall game. The rest of him is sublime. I know. I just find it. Uh, a lovely quirk when someone gets four goals rather than three goals. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the time it would have taken as well in one half would have been, you know, uh, amazing. So, yeah, never. Uh, and, of course, from coming from the left, which, you know, stops him going down the byline, but 
it allows him to cut in and score a goal. It allows him to drift into the middle to score. You know, poke one in, and of course it allowed him to chip a crossing for Aguero in the first half. So he was unlucky in that first half as well because um, very similar to his second goal, I think, where he cut in. Um, and, yeah, and, and before that, he had almost an identical situation where he tried to turn the, the defender. But I remember the keeper went with the defender as well. So if you know, if the defender just stuck his leg out and, and cut it out, but if he hadn't. That would have been a very special Aye. goal. That would have looked so good. A dummy, a defender and keeper in one movement would have been... Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, let's look at players. I mean, we've kind of looked at Edison, who's, you know, and Raheem, of course. Uh, anyone else? Well, yeah, let's let's do the whole Phil Foden thing right now. <laughs> the whole Phil Foden. The good and the slightly bad. And it, oh, it is only slightly bad. Yeah. Uh, how good was he? He was brilliant. He was brilliant. He was. He had Kevin De Bruyne struggling to catch up with him and match him last night, um, and there was nothing wrong with Kevin De Bruyne's performance. And yet, it was quiet though. Wasn't he it was, he quiet. was quiet. Yeah, he, he he looked kind of. Um, I don't know. It was almost like he was kind of you know he he kind of stepped back and let everyone else kind of take centre stage. Um, yeah. But yeah, Phil Foden was brilliant. Absolutely superb. Um, it was just kind of full of energy and, and kind of endeavour and confidence and, and and just kind of taking players on and making the right passes and I, if I was Pep Guardiola I would be ecstatic with, with seeing that last night because that is exactly there's no, there nothing wrong with Foden's confidence or you know he's been ready for some time we all know he's been ready for some time but even so that is exactly the kind of performance you need to just take it to the next level and for me he should be. Well, I would start him from this from here on forward. Um, I would have him over David Silva from this day forward to the end of the season. Ooh. I know, I really would though. It's he's. I think he's been ready for some time. I think David's impact has been dwindling for the last couple of months. Um, well, since the you know, start of the season. Um, I know it's David's last last season, and obviously, you know, he's going to get a significant amount of game time. Um, and hopefully, one of some of that game time will be in a Champions League final to sign off. You know, extraordinary career. Um, Steady on. But no, Phil's Phil's ready. He, he's ready to go. He is. But we need that energy. Him alongside Kevin De Bruyne in, in a midfield three. That's it. That's that's for two. You know, those duo will absolutely demolish any everyone and everyone going forward uh, for the rest of the season. Um, and I'm, I'm genuinely not getting carried away. It's, it's there. It was there in the performance last night. He's ready to play him. I think uh, what I want to see is Foden and Zinchenko in the Carabao Cup in centre midfield next week. Yeah. I think Zinchenko's injured. He has, uh, Did he pick up a knock? I don't know how bad uh, that is. It was on his knee, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. No, right. That's a shame. Uh, was it in the marital marital bed he did that <laughs> on the training pitch. I think it's when he proposed that he went down on one knee <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was Vincent Company did that and yeah out for four months <laughs> uh, yeah uh, well you do say that but David Silva was man of the match at the weekend oh yeah yeah He's, well it's David Silva you know I'm not kind of um, you know you're not going to lose anything by playing David Silva. <laughs> yeah, he's you know he's the greatest player I've ever witnessed live. But um, yeah, I, I feel he's ready. I think it's more impactful to play 
Foden and De Bruyne in a midfield three. I, I, I don't think, like, you know, if you if you go to Anfield and you play David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne and Gundo behind him or Fernandinho behind him, hopefully with, you know, kind of two centre-backs behind them. Um, okay, great. You know, they, they, he'll have his, his spells. He'll have his 20 minutes here and there, David Silva will. But in a game like that at Anfield, where midfield needs to be bossed and dominated, as we saw last, last year with Fernandinho and Bernardo Silva, those two won us the game at uh, Etihad and you know, got the draw at Anfield, then play Phil Foden. Yeah. Uh, well, we created four big chances, uh, thanks to Sam Lee, for that stat. And that's more than, I think, any City player has in years. And that's big chances, not just you know chances. So, obviously, you got an assist uh, for Sterling's... I don't know, was it first goal, second goal? Uh, the one high into the net, probably yeah, first, the first yes, it goal was, yeah. second yeah. half. Uh, and he should have got two. He should have got another one for Sterling. He should have got one for Aguero first half. So, yeah, the stats. He won't be playing, though, away to Atalanta. No. Your thoughts on the red card? And oh, we've been paranoid criticising the referee who, and I say this as a general thing, was utterly appalling for me on his decision-making on when to pick out cards. Yeah, well, that's what it comes down to. Uh, his actual, um, you know, brandishing of cards was was poor. His uh, decision making was poor in that regard. Um, I think too much has been made of the overall performance by the referee. I think that side is actual, um, you know, the punishments given um, by means of a card were, were kind of erroneous at many times. But the rest, I didn't see a great deal wrong with his his actual refereeing performance. Um, and I'm absolutely not paranoid in the slightest about um, how he refereed the game last night. Um, and as regards to Phil Foden with the two yellows, well, the first yellow wasn't a yellow. Um, and that's exactly what we're talking about here. It's just a, a, a stupid decision by the referee. To, to for, for one thing, I think that was probably his first foul, besides anything else. Um, and the foul in context wasn't a yellow anyway. Um but then that gave, you know, Foden nothing, no room for, no margin for error. And, you know, it was his, it, his second um, foul was a yellow uh, yeah. all day long. So, um, and that's just down to inexperience in youth and he won't do it again. And so I think someone said on Twitter, summed up right and just said, you know, the only frustrating thing is we won't see him now in Atalanta and he probably would have started. Um, so he's missing out, we're missing out and... You know that's unfortunate, but um, as regards to the, the the red card and being sent off, we just move on. He just learns from it. Yeah, just a one game ban. You say you may see games in other competitions. We will see. Yeah, uh, it's not the end of the world, but yeah, disappointing for him. But I don't think it'll. Uh, so do you think it'll set him back too far? Uh, besides the actual brandishing of cards, um, I mean, I think he was right to book Mendy. He was absolutely wrong to um, to book uh, Masiello, Is it? The um, Atalanta defender uh, for a foul on De Bruyne. Uh, I, I've watched it back this morning. There's nothing in that. He actually pulls his leg away from the moment he's kind of committed to it. The defender. It's like, I'm not going to make this ball. So he pulls his leg away. So and he got a yellow card for that. So if that was a City player, we'd be up in arms about it. So I think yeah, it's just the actual giving of a red, yellow cards was was um, not his best night really for the ref. Yeah, Mendy was. Yeah, it's clear yellow. Yeah, uh, that could have been. Yeah, in Europe, I've seen them set up exactly. saying he should be. Yeah, 
but you know, absolutely, it's dangerous play. Uh, there's that age-old thing that footballers do of miscontrolling the ball, then going after it. Yeah, and you never do that. That is how red so many red cards happen. Yeah, uh, they see a loose ball, they go after it, and they injure someone. Yeah, the the studs hit uh, above the foot. That can be sent off. I'm not saying it should be. Uh, I can't remember De Bruyne was booked wasn't he and I can't remember what it was for yeah, oh no, god I yeah, just, no, I, it just I rem- seems so random I remember it was just so it random that, that was yeah. a, a piss poor one as well his arm was basically you know out um, mm. but there was no elbow or anything like that and the player went down um, again not a yellow the City got a free kick for that didn't he so he got a free kick yeah so he must have been fouled and then got a booking for an elbow yeah which yeah Weird. Yeah. It just seems so random. It's just like is I don't know, tossing a coin with yellow cards sometimes. The, the thing is, though, how is, this is where I stand on it. This is, it really illustrates to me just how much we've been screwed over in Europe. Where, for me personally, I was okay with a referee last night because <laughs> yeah. he was inept. I'll take an apt, you know what I mean? <laughs> it means as long as you're not corrupt. Yes, yeah. as long as you're not corrupt, bias or just playing out to get us, then I will take an apt any day of the week. But you know, I have a very strong feeling that decisions like this will be key as to whether City win the tournament. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, we don't, we don't know what's around the corner. My God, we're sitting here in October. We don't know that, you know, next April in a Champions League semi-final, it, it could be a stupendously bad decision that goes against us. And yeah. frankly, if I had to put money on that happening right now, I would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, just down the right side, you know, we've talked about the full-backs were probably some of our weakest areas, I think. I mean, Mendy did okay, but he didn't do well there. Uh, no telling crosses yet still. But again, yeah, I'm giving him time. I'm glad to see he's fit. Uh I would hope for some improvement over the month yeah, the coming months. I just put in sorry and say I slightly yeah, disagree yeah. with that. I thought he, he there was an improvement last night. Um yeah. I, I dunno, I just you're right about the crosses, but I, I thought he was he was up and down that, that flank far more energy than he has normal. Um yeah, I think that was a big inroad to, to getting back to the, the Mendy of yesteryear. Yeah, cool. That's fair. Though. I mean, you know, in the ground, I don't see everything, to be honest. From uh, Sometimes you have to rewatch stuff. Yeah. And it's not what you think it is. It's like, you know, some of the chances, the angles are completely different when you see it from a TV screen as well. Uh, but down the right side, Wolves at home, you know, there was a real disconnect between the fullback and Mahrez. Do you think that was a bit of a problem again? A bit of Kevin De Bruyne coming over to help, but Mahrez, not his best game. Walker, you said, grew into the game. Mm. But again, are they not connecting that well, do you think? Is that fair? Or? Uh, possibly. I, I think he is just one of those players in Mahrez, and I don't think there's anything you can do about that. Uh, and as long as you've got players with the intelligence of De Bruyne and the, you know, the energy of De Bruyne to, to kind of go over and offer assistance, and, and you're always going to get that with, with players like Bernardo Silva too, then... It's not that big a problem as long as Morez is producing. That's a key thing, really. Because, yeah. um, you know, he's not a player who tracks back, is he? He's not a player who kind of offers his full-back support. And, yeah. um, I think I've seen him make two tackles in the whole time yeah. he's, he's been at City. So, um, yeah, you've got to accept what, 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 you, what you've got, you know. And if, you, if you get a player such as Morez, who's, who's, you know, he's a butterfly, isn't he? Um, and so, 
that's going to be the case. There's just nothing you can do about that. Yeah, still got an assist anyway. So mm. uh, yeah, Nagüero two goals just keeps going. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, putting the yards in, hard working. Yeah, as as you were. Uh, so yeah, five one. Uh, so three games to go. The other game was a two all draw. So this happened last year. City lost the first game to Leon, of course, but by the third game, we're top of the group because all non-City games tended to be draws there were draw after draw after draw like you know uh, and that helps City because obviously it's easier when other teams win because it puts it puts more pressure on City sorry if other teams you know pick up three points rather than one each mm. so we're five points clear of second and third now and Atalanta are essentially out of the group they'll you know they could still get second but uh, with City to come not a great chance do you think There'll be experimentation in future games, or the job's not done yet. Um, I, I, not in the next game. I think it's a very tricky one to go to San Siro and take on, you know, a team third in Serie A. Um, yeah. So I, I can't see much experimentation going on there. Um, should we draw or win, then absolutely for the remaining two games. Um, yeah, it's so key to finish top of the group. Having said that, you look around and you look at Real Madrid right now struggling second in their group and you just get that horrible yeah. sickly feeling it's going to be them we're drawn with <laughs> so um, yeah. in the last 16 um, but no I can't see kind of you know, we'll play you know a very very strong side uh, against Atalanta because you know we saw it last night we are a very decent team they've got their flaws um, but they, they're also very capable of turning you over yeah well the key I mean the key ones December 11th is the sixth game so we're into the, the December madness by then, but we're about to begin it. So if City can really rest players for that sixth game, mm. I think I think we'll take that. Uh, yeah, we will see. Uh, right, man of the match. Then does it speak for itself? Uh, well, it does. Obviously, it, it's Raheem Sterling, but I'm going for Phil Foden because of what it meant you know, last night. Have a significance of that. Yeah, I, I still Raheem Sterling three goals, two assists. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel rather duty bound to give you a man of the match. So, uh, yeah, and the fa- final question. Then I think we've we've covered everything. Uh, yeah, it's bizarre that we're yeah, it's a five-one win in the Champions League against a team yeah near the top of Serie A is not to be sniffed at. Are you? I'm. I'm quite. Yeah. I just think that these defensive problems are just part of football. <laughs> Every team has a point, you know, where we'll have to make do for a month or two here because of injuries and stuff. doesn't really concern me long-term. Are you concerned that defensive problems will be a problem when we get to the latter stage of the season domestically or in Champions League, or do you just think it's of the time and it won't be an issue in a couple of months? <sighs> I, I'm sorry to end on a, on a kind of downbeat note, but, yeah, it is genuinely concerning for me. Um Laporte let's say Laporte comes back at the end of January because yeah. you know, it's between Jan and Feb isn't it that he's expected to return um, you, he's going to need at least 10 games just to get back up to speed as we talked about at the very start of the pod as well you so often see these kind of you know, niggling kind of injuries occur when a player comes back from a long term injury um, you know, hamstring pulls whatever for two weeks um, so he's not going to be the Laporte that we know 
yeah. and have come to rely on until next season. Uh, at best, it will be at the very tail end of the season, and by then, you will have needed to actually have obviously got through to, you know, numerous semi-finals and quarter-finals along the way. So, uh, yeah, it concerns me. I would like us to go out in January and sign a, sign a centre-back, and I think if we don't, um, if Pep continues to you know, seek solutions to um, a problem of, of the clubs they're making, because why the hell we didn't sign a centre-back in the summer? God only knows. Um, you know, who'd have funk it? Who, who, who thought it? Oh, no, that's right. Every single City supporter. It, um, yeah, so we need to sign someone in January or these defensive issues will cost us. Yeah. Is there a, any chance Pep adapts the system to deal with this? I.e. It's, it's an aggressive system that leaves gaps behind, but we suffocate opposition teams. The key to a pep team is that the opposition team don't get a chance to, you know, it doesn't matter who you've got in defence sometimes if they can't get near our penalty area. Mm. Do you think he'll adapt or he'll just keep playing? No, I, I don't I don't buy that at all. I, I, I just, I've, I've been hearing that a lot and, and the question has been put to, to Guardiola on a couple of occasions um, and he's, he's openly admitted that, of course, is their game plan. But that's what City do anyway. So it's basically the same plan as what we've what's took us to all the you know, league titles and all these points and, and all the success. But we are now significantly weaker at the back. So it's not a case of, oh, City are now doing this and kind of, you know, retaining possession and suffocating opposition and kind of restricting. Yeah. That's what we were doing anyway. So it's it's not in, in kind of, you know, in relation to, to losing Laporte. Um, so yeah, we are basically at status quo except for we are now missing Vincent Company and Emeric Laporte, which significantly weakens us. So, it's not, it's not great. Um, and I very, very hope, um, much hope I've, I've proven wrong. Right. Okay. Well, I think we've covered everything. So, Steve, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast and, of course, the match last night. Uh, plenty more games coming so plenty more shows coming previews reviews and hopefully a big interview too so thanks for listening and until next time goodbye and as always up the blues